Hello everyone, it is uh, 2.20am on a Sunday morning, and I meant to do a uh, podcast for you on Saturday, or potentially even Friday, after I placed the judge on notice of criminal liability for abdicating her duties, her judicial duties, associated with the position of office, fraud and perjury on the court of record, and defamation of character. Um, I'm very, very excited about having done that, and, uh, just now, in fact, uh, like in the last 15 minutes or so, um, I have, in fact, 100% figured out my next play on the world stage. Uh, so, and that is going to be regardless (laughs) what happens with everything else that I've got going on right now. So I think I've got a good episode for you today. Welcome to the, uh, what are we going to call it? Um, We'll call it the Supernatural Sunday Edition. Um, And, you know, boy or girl doesn't matter. The idea is the same. We are all the son of God and heirs to God's kingdom. And uh, when we inherit God's kingdom, we inherit, inherit rights. (laughs) So, um, that's kind of the theme of today's show. Uh, I'm going to be sharing a couple of other thoughts with you on things. Um, it's a really, really quiet, uh, Sunday morning. Um, so it should make for a good podcast. Uh, stay right there. I'll be back in just a moment. Alright everyone, to uh, to start the show off nice and quick for everyone and, you know, get us really going, you know, into the real subject matter of the show, um, I'm going to start off by uh, creating another Letters Out Loud uh, episode, and this is going to be my notice of criminal liability that I've issued to the judge and posted on my blog uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, and, yeah, so that's going to be coming up right after this, so stay right there. On July 13th, 2021, you made an order to dismiss case file CV2186803 under Rule 2.011, by accepting private pleadings from defense counsel in violation of Rule 1.09 and interfering with the plaintiff's opportunity for a fair and impartial hearing. Defense counsel provided you with false impartial testimony which led you to provide an endorsement containing over 23 court counts of fraud, perjury, and libelous defamatory statements regarding my character. Fraud and perjury are not admissible on a court of record and are an indictable and are an abdication of the judicial duties of your office. I filed a motion with the court to vacate the order and to suspend you from further adjudication over case file CV2186803 for conflict of interest. The courts have failed to respond to this motion as of this date. Notice of criminal liability is served upon you Friday, August 13th. My intention was to empower the courts to absolve you of your crimes because I knew Your determination was unfairly influenced by the false and impartial testimony provided to you by defense counsel 
and vacating the order removes all your slanderous and libel defamatory statements regarding my character from the court of record and allows you to continue holding your position of office and honor. I can only presume the courts are every bit as displeased with your collusion and determination to prevent me from a fair hearing and or provide any relief for trespasses upon my inherent rights, which you were further compounded by your determination and further trespass. So, as of today, your crimes remain clearly evident on the International Court of Record, and you are hereby charged with fraud, perjury, defamation of my character, and abdication of your duties as an officer of the court, and a violation of your oath of office to Her Majesty as a Crown Representative. You also make a total of at least 23 false statements defaming my character and further trespass upon my inherent right of self-determination. By dismissing this action, you are in interfering with my right to relief and remedy for the violation of my inherent rights by state actors, city employees, and abdicating your duties as an officer of the court. You do not have any right to ignore your obligation to provide relief and remedy for my inherent rights violations under international law, and you most certainly do not have the right to violate my inherent rights yourself. The Superior Courts of Ontario must be of concurrent competent jurisdiction to provide relief and remedy for international rights violations under Provision 24.1, Relief and Remedy Charter Violations. By failing to provide relief and remedy for my inherent rights while acknowledging that defense counsels show willful disregard for their legal obligations, continually trespassing upon Sean's right of self-determination and his right to freely dispose of his natural wealth without prejudice to foreign obligations. And yet, you say this is not a justiciable claim. This is only true if you are abandoning your duties as an ob and obligations as an officer of the court to provide relief and remedy for violation of my inherent rights. You are also willfully violating my right of self-determination in your endorsement, and a trespass upon a right is a form of harm and a breach of your international obligations as an officer of the Crown's courts. International law is superior in jurisdiction and authority to the rules of civil procedure. Civil procedure is not law, and Rule 2.011 may not be used as an excuse to abdicate your legally binding obligations to the UNCCPR and or your duty to provide relief and remedy for trespasses upon these rights. Shall means must in law. Similar or related provisions are found in the following international instruments binding upon Canada, Article 2.3 of the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. Article 2.3 reads, Each state party to the present covenant undertakes a. to ensure any person whose rights or freedoms are herein recognized are violated shall have an effective remedy, notwithstanding that the violation has been committed by persons acting in an official capacity. To ensure that any person claiming such a remedy shall have the right thereto determined by competent judicial, administrative, or legislative authorities, or by any other competent authority provided for by the legal system of the state, and to develop the possibilities of judicial remedy. Part 1, Article 1 also states that all peoples have the right of self-determination. By virtue of that right, they freely determine their political status and freely pursue their economic, social, and cultural development. All peoples may, for their own ends, freely dispose of their natural wealth and resources without prejudice to any obligations arising out of international economic cooperation based upon the principle of mutual benefit and international law. In no case may a people be deprived of its own means of subsistence. 
The state parties to the present covenant, including those having responsibility for the administration of non-self-governing and trust territories, shall promote the realization of the right of self-determination and shall respect that right in conforming in conformity with the provisions of the Charter of the United Nations. You can find the review of your determination, which itemizes the number of times you commit fraud and perjury, assassinating the good nature of my character on the court of record here. I find it m most ironic that, as a justice, surely you know you can fine or jail a man for contempt for failing to address you by your legal, by your proper legal title in a court of law, but you suggest I am not able to fine state actors for violating my inherent rights legally binding upon all Canadian all Canada and their agents? I most certainly can, and I am thinking $100,000 per offense is appropriate because the city does not wish to pay it, which suggests it will be an effective deterrent to future violations. I am doing the same with you. I am holding you liable for the claim amount against the defendants for dismissing a claim that does not qualify under Rule 2.011 in any case, even with defense counsel's impartial misleading testimony. It does not qualify because your legally binding international obligations are superior in both jurisdiction and authority to the rules of the procedure. You are liable to me for a total amount of $2,510,800. You are also a state actor and therefore also subject to international law and fines for violations of my inherent rights. You have 30 days from the day of this notice to vacate the order and recuse yourself from case file CV2186803. If you fail to vacate the order and leave these criminal acts of fraud on the International Court of Record, a claim will be made against your bond for the full $2,510,800 you are liable to me for. Liable equals liable. A copy of my order to the court to vacate is posted below. Print, sign, and file in the court file with the court and this notice will be removed from the international notices as soon as I receive confirmation it is done. You will also be removed from the list of government representatives God is officially displeased with. An order to vacate follows. <coughs> and then in closing, I don't hold grudges. I presume this was a mistake, but I am not going to tolerate you defaming my character and violating international law by way of further violations of my inherent rights just because you are a court justice. You are not above the law. You are supposed to be an example of law. This determination is an abomination on both the courts of justice and the crown. Ms. Sally A. Gomery, you are hereby served. Alright people, so that is the Notice of Criminal Liability. Uh, there's a copy of the original motion to the court with it, uh, and as I mentioned, there's also the order for the, the judge herself to sign, and I am very, very, very proud of myself for this kind of conclusion. I think it's a very reasonable way, like, I mean, I'm not saying that it's going to work, I'm just saying that I think, you know, as objectively as possible, when I try to look at how, I, you know, what I decided to do, I'm, I'm very comfortable with what I have chosen to do, and... <clears throat> I think it's exactly the right thing to do. I really do. Um, you know, like, one of the theories that I have about the court, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this on my call yesterday, um, because I hadn't really considered this as seriously as I'm considering it now, because 
I know how the courts like to be kind of impartial, as like, you know, just as a body, they like to be impartial. And if they were trying to continue to be impartial, and that's what the silence means, you know, that does seem strange to me, because I still figured that they would want to, you know, protect the integrity of the courts. It really isn't good to have fraud and perjury on the court of record, and it's, it is very clear. So I thought, you know, what, what reason could there be? And, you know, it kind of dawned on me, well, what if whoever it is that receives my motions or whatever is actually just sending my motions to Sally A. Gomery and leaving it in her hands to decide? Now, that would be a very impartial thing to do. And that would also, like, if the courts are actually acknowledging my position, that would actually probably be the proper thing to do. Because then they're not, you know, asking some other judge who technically has, <clears throat> you know, inferior authority and jurisdiction to that of me as a governor general or as a king in my sovereign state. doesn't matter. Um, and so if they're honoring that position, then it would be kind of, you know, condescending in a way. I wouldn't see it that way, obviously, or I wouldn't be asking for it, but I'm just saying that the hierarchy of things might actually perceive it that way and just be like, you know what, no. <laughs> he, he's, like, superior to all of these other judges in, in authority and anything anyway, so let's just hand it over to Sally and see what she wants to do. So, you know, they were trying to keep this, potentially, from being dismissed as frivolous and vexatious. I, in fact, we don't maybe know that. We know that 100% for sure because they sent me a private message and that private message is now blown up in their face. So if the courts knew and understood my position was real and blah, 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 and didn't want for this to happen, that would also explain the level of tension at the courthouse. <laughs> um, and I did feel that way from the beginning that they're just like, uh-oh. And so now, instead of dealing with it by putting this on the plate of another judge to deal with, it way makes more sense that they're going to be putting this right back to Sally. And, you know, once I started considering that, you know, it made perfect sense to take the order that I included with the motion and I put it at the end of the uh, Notice of Criminal Liability. So I'm giving her 30 days, and sure, you know, I'm making a big claim against her, $2.5 million, but I'm also showing her that, you know, this is how many counts of fraud and perjury there are on the court of record, and you can make it all disappear by just signing this order and filing it in the court. And then she has to admit that she made a mistake, she's recusing herself, and, you know, it's the dignified thing for her to do, it's honorable for the courts, and whatever else. Now, if the courts are just going to stay out of it... <coughs> um, how annoying was that, right? <laughs> That, by the way, is, is not an alarm. Well, it's kind of an alarm for me to go to bed, believe it or not, 2.37. Um, but it's also an alarm for me to turn out my aquarium light, uh, where I'm just growing plants. So terrarium is the proper name. But anyway. Um, so yeah, okay, so I've been thinking about all of that stuff. And then <laughs> I did a little Google search to see, you know, I was like, how, how rare is it for people to actually sue a judge in Canada? And... Of course, the first thing that comes up is that uh, judges are immune uh, to lawsuits, by the way. Did you know that? In Canada, anyway. In the United States, they're not. But uh, in Canada, they are immune to lawsuits. Um, if, if you want to complain about a judge, you do it through 
the uh, the Justice Council of Canada, which I've already done, and that makes everything else that I'm doing even that much more perfect, because I did follow the correct process. I complained to them first, and then I cc'd them on every single motion that I made to the court, and I cc'd them on the fact that she's been served now. So, <laughs> but here's the best part, because, I mean, you know, there's a couple of ways that, that this could go. Both of them are kind of optimistic possibilities. In fact, very optimistic possibilities. Um, you know, I've got nothing to worry about now for the next 30 days. Maybe she vacates the order sometime in the next 30 days, because maybe now um, there is a claim upon her surety bond. Uh, you can make a claim upon their bonds, and there are particular situations in the United States where they allow people to sue judges, and it generally relates to constitutional violations because they're very, very, you know, whatever about their constitution in the United States. Here in Canada, no, you have to make your complaint with the, the you know, Justice Council of Canada. Um, <clears throat> and of course, neither one of those decisions makes any sense to me because if they are actually honoring their position as a court and an impartial body, I, I do outrank the judge and I outrank the appellate court. It's pointless. <laughs> you know, I can vacate the order myself. And so basically appealing to an appellate court is telling the courts that I don't know I can do that. Um, and that's the other reason why I said it, like, the chances of me ever ever using the appellate court are almost zero. Um, and the reason, to be honest with you, like, really, um, apart from the fact that, you know, <laughs> um, dealing with people like Stephen at the desk here in Ottawa, um, means that a lot of things potentially I couldn't do, but um, one of the reasons that I'm opted against, you know, not going into the court and vacating myself, even if, like I said, even if everything was to go perfectly smooth, it's not only because I don't want to let her off the hook that easily, it's also because um, if the courts do and we believe, in, or at least I do, <laughs> I don't know what you guys believe, but based on what I've been telling you, um, I think you know that I believe that the courts, as an impartial body at least, um, acknowledge the position. So if they do, I don't want to be seeming <laughs> like I am trying to abuse my position any more than the judge is trying to abuse hers. So, you know, I'm quite happy to bring this before some, you know, a judge that is technically, you know, inferior to me in authority and jurisdiction, but just, I know that they're subject to that judge, <laughs> and that's the point. It's, it's not about me, you know, I'm not trying to have authority over the judge. I'm trying to bring this to a judge to have them adjudicate according to Canadian law. That's what I'm doing. Um, and so, and I think the courts recognize that that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm not trying to say I'm above the law. I'm trying to let the judge decide. But, you know, if you won't ever let me present these matters before a judge, then how can I show that? Right? Um, and so, like, I don't want to look like I'm trying to, trying to, I don't know, um, be arrogant and pompous as, you know, in, in this position. I want to show that, you know, I deserve. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's not based on, 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 like, ego or anything like that, it's, you know, it's literally based on knowledge, and, you know, I use the king thing for fun, 
in particular for government, to remind them that they are state actors. It's not intended for the common man like you and everybody else that's listening to this, aside from the fact that I'm trying to remind you that that's what we are. <laughs> we are kings and queens, and we need to let our state actors run, you know, we got to remind them of that. So, <clears throat> the best part about this is that it was kind of interesting for me to find out that it was illegal to, like, they're immune to, to lawsuits, apparently. So, well, they may be immune to lawsuits in Canada, but they're not immune to lawsuits internationally. And so, you know, like, that doesn't mean they're not in, violating international law still. That's the whole reason that, 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 you know, my claim is valid, because she's breaking the law. She's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the rules of civil procedure. She's violating international law. And so, I decided to Google, um, can you sue a judge under international law? And what do you think comes up? Uh, very first site that comes up is the United Nations um, Council and uh, information about how to file into the international courts for violation of treaties and blah 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 blah. <laughs> so, I go and I read that and wouldn't you know the process is pretty much the same as the rules of civil procedure but a whole bunch more simplified a lot easier for me to do and it's going to be very, very, very clear and simple for me to take this very case with this judge and bring this case as the example of judges in Canada violating their, their treaty oath. So it um, doesn't matter what Canada's court has to say about whether or not I can sue her. I can do so. And if Canada's courts, like, I'm going to try it first in Canada's courts, um, at the end of 30 days, I'm just going to do all the due process that we would do for a bond claim on a judge who has a performance duty to honor. So when they violate that duty, their bond uh, comes under scrutiny. It's a surety bond for performance. And so, to the best of my knowledge, if they are doing everything correctly, um, because I gave this notice also to the court, that's how I'm, you know, they're the proxy for her. So the court was served this notice to Sally A. Gomery. And uh, if Canada is doing everything that it should, um, there should already be a notification made to her bond provider, whoever it is that provides the surety bonds for Canada and the agent or whatever it is, um, will be made contact that, you know, <laughs> there is somebody who plans to make a claim on her bond and they have to notify the uh, company um, so that the company it's an insurance company. <laughs> so what does an insurance company do? They they uh, they send out people to assess the damages, right? Like you get in a car accident, they come out and they, they tell you how much you're allowed to claim, right? Um, so basically what the insurance company for a judge does is they'll have their own, you know, legal team and the legal team will look at the arguments that are against the judge and against the surety bond and then they will go back to the judge and tell the judge whether or not it's something they need to worry about or whether they can ignore. And that may all happen privately. Like, they don't have to tell me about that. Um, because the bond is going to be the one that's paying it out. So they basically decide whether or not it's going to be a legitimate claim or not, whether she needs to worry about it or not. Um, and they can dismiss it. Um, that's in accordance with Canadian law. <laughs> so, <clears throat> that's what could happen there. Um, the uh, surety company could just say no. Um, but, 
the United Nations is very, very easy. Um, and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like the sure thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I'm feeling very, very optimistic. Um, it's just, like I said, like a regular lawsuit and we'll do that as the last resort, but there's all kinds of good stuff in there because, um, you know, there's even like, uh, they will, they will provide, apparently, they will like, um, intervene almost immediately if the violation is happening right away. They will try to provide provisional remedy immediately. And, uh, you know, so if, if you're like, if any of the treaty things that they've, that the state party has signed to, um, they will either try to provide provisions themselves or they may even, I think it says, I've got to check this again. Um, I just finished reading it before I came out for the first time. I'll read it a few times before I really get familiar with it. But if I understand correctly, I think they said they might even have another country. They may even appoint another nation that's part of the treaty, um, to, uh, provide remedy and, and assistance, uh, or whatever. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so this might actually be how I become recognized as a United Nation, which is kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, my, my country will actually be recognized as, as an international body. So that's kind of big. And, you know, and then, you know, there's always, there's always the other way that you can go too, right? Like, uh, um, I could, I could appeal to the Queen, right? Um, and that's one of the ideas that I have is that, like, really, I can just keep collecting this stuff, and if they don't, this is one of my contingency plans. So let's say that I wasn't going to do the UN thing. Um, one of the contingency plans that I have is I'm just doing what I do now. If she doesn't vacate the order and I try to file a claim into the court against her bond and they just say no, uh, you know, it, 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 they determined it's not a valid claim. You can't sue a judge. She has absolute immunity, whatever. Um, then, okay, you know, it, that, that's, that's the end of it as far as the whole Canadian thing goes. We're looking at this from the perspective if uh, I hadn't, you know, appealed or if I'm not going to, uh, you know, complain. That's what it is. It's not an appeal because it's a new court and it's a new jurisdiction. And uh, basically, the application um, has a disclaimer that by making the application, you're accepting their jurisdiction. And uh, I think that's a very, very interesting language. Um, and the only case where that is not necessary is if uh, one of the parties... Um, so as an applicant for me, for example, by making my application, I'm accepting their jurisdiction and I'm giving them the power to exercise the United Nations Security Council, believe it or not, well, yeah, that's what the name means, uh, to secure the rights that I'm asking for protection of in my country. <laughs> so I'm, I'm authorizing them to do that, and I can ask that to be done with any country that has already agreed to any of the treaties under the grounds of the treaties, and you write what treaties it is, and the UN Covenant, of course, is one of those treaties. So, um... <laughs> So that's going to be really, really, really fun, people, and um, I'm actually more excited about that than I am about anything else because, um, well, because that's what they're there for. Um, you know, they're there exclusively to make sure that countries are not violating those rights, and so, you know, if I can bring a good case toward them, and, you know, my blog is really working to my favor now. Um, 
I get the opportunity to see, like, of course, you know, the Canadian government's going to be looking into me a little bit more now <laughs> that I'm putting a judge on notice uh, than ever before. <clears throat> but I anticipate it's probably the judge who's reading a lot of the stuff. And, uh, you know, the fact that she's not even defending her own honor on the international record speaks volumes. So the courts aren't responding, and she's not responding, and she's not even trying to, like, clear her name on the international record, right? Um, so, in that regard, that was something I kind of wanted to talk about, because despite, you know, what people might think, the reason I encourage everyone to have a publication of their own is because it is legitimately a superior jurisdiction of law. It is an international court of record. Um, and, you know, people joke about that sometimes with me, but you know what? <laughs> like, like they think, I don't want to say joke about it with me, um, they think that I'm joking or exaggerating or, you know, whatever, no, it's not really a true court, um, blah, blah, blah. No, it legitimately is a true court. Um, and when I say that, like, uh, you have to... You have to look into what um, qualifies for a court. And believe it or not, you cannot have a court without a sovereign requirement. You, there must be a sovereign in order to hold court. And so, as a sovereign being, <laughs> making a publication is an international court. Um, the moment I declare it is one. Um, and so a court must have a sovereign, it must have a flag, it must have a seal. And um, there's, oh, it must maintain an accurate uh, public record, court of record. Um, and what is, there's five, I've got four. Um, Oh, and it must be able to fine, um, and you know, and it must be able to like fine and 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 pass judgment. <laughs> but you know, the sovereign is what awards all of those things. So, um, yeah, there must be in order for a court to exist, there must be a body of law, if that makes sense. Um, so, you know there would be no need for a court before the laws existed, right? So there needs to be an individual or somebody who represents knowledge of the law in order to hold court. And so that individual is, is presumed to be the authority of law, which is why it's always the crown in Canada, because you always need to have a king in court. And so um, they may not actually be the king, but they've been appointed, like ju judges and magistrates or whatever, have been provided with certain levels of authority relative to the king in order to adjudicate on the king's behalf. That's what the crown represents. Um, <clears throat> and in the United States, I'm not sure how it works, honestly. Um, but basically, it's the same premise, because they, they, they consider themselves a republic. I don't know if that's politically or inaccurately true. Um, I believe it is. I'm not saying it's not. Um, I just, I've never, like thoroughly researched the word. <laughs> so, um, but the premise anyway is that, you know, 
just like Canada, all of the people are sovereign in their natural state, and they have inherent rights that are afforded by their constitution. So that premise alone from their constitution indicates that there must always be a sovereign in court, um, because they're declaring themselves as a people to be sovereign. So the, the courts could never have more authority than the people who come before them. Um, and that's, so they're, they're, it's the same idea, but it's, that's why their constitution is so important. Um, and that's why they can sue judges. <laughs> and we can't, um, in fact, because of their constitution, right? Um, but the only reason that you can't in Canada, it, it's not actually true for the sovereign people because the sovereign people can hold them accountable to their office. So if they're abdicating their duties of office, they can be sued. And um, so there is a loophole. And this is true in Canada. I'm not just speaking randomly. This is true in Canada uh, because I did look into it in detail. And they said if you think you have a valid case to sue a judge or justice, you should you know, speak with an attorney or a lawyer. And uh, the only case in which... Um, your claim may be valid is if there is a constitutional violation made by the judge. And there is. There's an international constitutional violation and a treaty violation. So, I don't need, I don't need an attorney. I, I already know. And I imagine that the courts probably already know this, too. So, I have all of the right grounds on every single thing that I've actually asked for the courts to do. And, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about that because I know it's going out to, like, all of the highest members of authority in Canadian law. And that's what I've been asking for from day one. You know? Like like the aliens who come to visit for the first time. You know? Take me to your leaders. Like, that's what I want. I, you know? You think you have authority over me? Prove it. And that's basically what I'm saying to the judge right now. And, um, I believe that if this... I, I, I legitimately believe this was a mistake, and now that they... That's my final take on it, by the way. I'm going to stand on that for the next 30 days until or unless I get information from the courts now that suggests otherwise. But <clears throat> just so you know, um, technically, the courts do have a legal obligation to respond to a motion, even if, even if it is to say that the motion cannot be heard. And so the fact that the courts have not responded to me yet literally means that the motion is still before the court. <laughs> so, you know, they haven't thrown it out. They have not thrown it out. It's still in front of the court. So, you know, and that's why I say I think it's in front of Sally right now. And she doesn't know what the hell to do. Um, so, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's my belief. Uh, yeah, like, I've, I've looked into the whole motion thing, and yeah, like, they, nowhere does it say that they don't respond. Um, they can dismiss, they can do all kinds of things, um, you know, after a judge has made a decision. Uh, like I said, they could just declare that, no, the judge has immunity, the judge's decision is final, whatever the case may be, but because I have the right elements in my motion, fraud and perjury, it actually... It must be considered. Not not may. Must. <laughs> it's a violation of the law. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. But, I'm feeling pretty good about everything, people. And, uh, the best part about all of it is that I get to more or less chill and relax for the next 30 days. And, 
feel really good about what we've accomplished because, uh, you know, I do honestly feel like, even though I may not ever hear any of your words, um, you do actually help me, uh, just because I'm imagining, you know, a virtual audience and just by doing that and knowing that there's people out there hearing me and, and, you know, (laughs) it helps me to sort out my own ideas. That's, that's all I can say. Um, and it helps me to try and think about things, I guess, um, from your perspective. Uh, you know, like if I wasn't doing this, I wouldn't be trying to think about it from your perspective and what it might look like to the rest of the world. And, and so I try to do that. I try to like, try to look at it from everyone's perspective, like from the judge's perspective, from the court's perspective, from the public's perspective, (laughs) from your perspective, from my perspective, you know, um, because only, only, only then can you really try to get a full grasp of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. (laughs) To not, to not be, you know, I'm sending out arguments to quite literally the most powerful people in Canada. You know, both authority and, you know, allegedly intellectually, um, and they're silent. You know, that's, that's empowering. And, uh, you know, one of the continuous questions, right, and I know everybody answers this and says, yes, you know, silence is consent. Um, I'm going to modify that a little bit because it is, you know, mostly true. I'm going to say 90% true. Um, because the remaining 10%, if you will, is that, um, silence is also considered dishonor. So, you know, the courts don't want to be in dishonor to me. Um, nobody wants to be in dishonor. It's, it's, it's bad. (laughs) So, um, it isn't consent, but it is, uh, it is without protest. So, you know, it's a very kind of like, yeah, you know, most of the time, like, let's just say somebody came to your house, you know, please come to your door and knock and say, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we got a warrant for your arrest for murder, blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't kill anybody. What are you talking about? Is going to be the first thing that comes out of your mouth. And well, unless, of course, you just killed somebody. <laughs> um, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you don't, you don't send things out into the universe that are, that are harmful to your character and your honor and all of that stuff without defending that. And that's why I say it's so important for me whether or not, the, like, I cannot force the courts to do the right thing. That's, that's beyond my control. I can only show the courts what they should do in the interest of justice and morality. And so, you know, if they're not going to do that, well then, you know, it doesn't do much for me if the world never hears about it. And if our papers would never publish that, right? You know that they're not going to, right? Write the sun and tell them that, oh, this is what the judge did, and blah, 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 and it's terrible. Like, that would at least be something if you couldn't sue a judge, right? If you could at least publish in the paper what the judge did and and how, how terrible that is and let the public see it. Well, at least you'd be getting some kind of, 
you know, satisfaction just for the fact that you know that it's wrong and, and the people can see that it's wrong and the judge themselves comes under a little bit of public scrutiny. And that's the power that I have, is that I have the power to place the judge under public scrutiny, and she knows her name is up there. And I'm telling you, if the law firm, Maravitz Potechen LLP, and the National Bank, you know, now he might just be blowing smoke, but <laughs> he said in his email that the National Bank was offended by the libel that I, you know, libelous things that I'd said about their character and whatever, and I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> Um, if, if they can prove that anything I have said is untrue, they are more than welcome to sue me. But, you know, they're committing fraud and extortion, so no, as long as they continue to do that, you apparently represent them. You're the one committing fraud and extortion, so, yeah, um, you know, not taking that away. But if they're upset that I've published that on the international record, and, <clears throat> well, how, how upset is a judge going to be? Right. Um, and the other kind of good thing that's happening with me, because I've been doing this for a little while now, is that, um, you know, my blog doesn't get a whole lot of views necessarily yet. But something that, you know, the powers that be, if you will, have, like, seriously invested in SEOs for me so that my blog comes up as the number one search result for my name. And the, the wonderful thing about that is, is having somebody, like, honestly, I don't know who's responsible for that, but really, somebody is, like, investing in SEOs for my website so that it ranks higher in Google. And what that means now is that if somebody, you know, people do Google judges' names, you know, find out what they're about, you know, especially, right? So, um, because people invest so much in my SEO, my blog is going to be, like, near the top search result probably for Sally A. Gomery now. Um, so it's not just that it's out there on the international public record, it's going to be drawing attention um, when people Google her name. So, you know, um, and the reason I, I wondered about whether or not you could sue a judge is because I was also kind of curious to see if, like, the, uh, like, you know, if I did have civilian status, would I be, like, getting arrested right now? <laughs> I was kind of curious about that, um, and uh, I don't know if I got a firm answer, uh, but I, I, I don't think so. Like, not it's, it, yeah, it wouldn't be criminal. Um, so, yeah, uh, lawyers can't, um, not publicly anyway. I don't think, um, but yeah, the public, the public can do whatever they want. Um, <clears throat> within reason, <laughs> like, it has to be warranted, you couldn't just, like, harass a judge because you don't like them or something, but, um, yeah, the public, I think, can criticize a judge, so I don't think there's any issues with that, um, even if I was just, like, a common, you know, if I hadn't done any of this stuff, so, um, I thought that was worth mentioning, just in case any of you are, like, worried about whether or not you would be able to do that, um, yeah, I think I think the worst the worst thing really is that uh, you know I can put it out there for thirty days, file my claim against her bond, and then have them say, "Oh no, she's immune to prosecution because she's a judge," um, and that's entirely possible. So, but we'll see. And then uh, we know what I'm going to be doing for recourse. So.
I think that's my show for today, uh, because I shared with you what I wanted to share. I'm very happy with that, uh, notice of criminal liability. I'm happy with how it's written. I'm happy with the length. I think it's, you know, it's not too long, it's not too short. Um, and it also gives the judge everything that she needs to decide whether or not she wants to vacate or, you know, leave it on the international public record. And that's the other power, too. You know what? Even if I don't ever, like, you know, if they were to say, no, she's immune to prosecution, whatever, okay. Well, you know what? Then that, that just stays on the public record indefinitely, forever. And too bad, so sad, she can't ever do anything about getting it gone. And uh, unless she wants to file a lawsuit against me, which she would never want to do, because if she loses, <laughs> then she has to pay. Um, so she can't claim immunity and sue me at the same time, like it's one or the other. Anyway, uh, that's my show for today. I'll come back for a quick outro to say goodnight. Uh, thanks all for being here. Thank you very much for being here. That's my show. Um, I'm not sure uh, what I'm going to be talking about over the next little while because I think, uh, you know, I might have some lingering thoughts about this. Well, no, undoubtedly I will. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, if there's a break between shows from now, just uh, know that I'm just kind of chilling out and relaxing and kind of gearing up to maybe getting back to wherever it was we were. <laughs> before all of this nonsense started because now we've got 30 days where we can chill and relax and I have a game plan regardless how it goes so uh, lots to look forward to in the near future guys um, never a man without a plan and you shouldn't be either <laughs> I was going to say regardless your sex just remember whenever I use the word man it means both um, it's, it's more sexist to believe that the word man only applies to one sex of man's kind in my opinion so, uh, love and blessings, everyone. Have a wonderful night. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Magical Monday Motive A. Sean edition. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, and uh, mostly that's been because I haven't had a lot to say. I've kind of been enjoying the downtime. Um, you know, judge is still on notice, still no word from the court or the judge, uh, and to me, the more I think about it, the more, <laughs> the more favorable it is for me in every single way. Um, so I'll be talking about that a little bit, and I also had, you know, a little bit off topic, but related at the same time, because, uh, I did have to contact my landlord at one point and let her know that I might not have rent for the coming month. That was back at, you know, middle of June, beginning of June. Um, because, you know, I was being threatened with the loss of my subsidy and, and I didn't have the paperwork and they weren't sending it to me or responding to my email. So I'd asked her to contact them. And uh, in fact, to this day, <laughs> I actually believed that um, it was her word that had... Um, you know, motivated housing services to finally do what they should have done in the first place and send out a package to me. Um, and, 
I found out today that was not the case. <laughs> um, she didn't. Uh, she she just uh, basically let me know that if they didn't or refused, like continued to refuse to to let her know, and she would make a phone call. But she didn't actually make that phone call. She never did contact them. Uh, so um, she just followed up with me to find out if they had sent me a package yet. Like I don't know the next day, and by coincidence. <laughs> They had emailed me to send, to tell me that a package had been sent to me, and that happened just the day after I'd spoken to my landlord. So I thought that was all because of the landlord, and turns out that was not the case at all. Um, and you know, because of the visit today, I do have uh, some updates for you that I think are very exciting. They're exciting for me anyway, and for anybody who is really interested in, in, you know, when I tell you that I'm spiritual and that I'm living a spiritual life and I listen to the voice of God in the universe, um, this is all part of that. It's a very significant part of that. So that's what I'm going to be talking about for this Magical Monday Motivation edition because it was a very motivational uh, morning for me. So I am here to talk to you about that and uh, also some of my plans moving forward with everything. Um, and so I think that's going to be of huge value to anybody who's interested in, uh, you know, being the change they want to see in the world, living their own life, telling their own story, and uh, exercising, most of all, their right of self-determination, which is something every single one of us on this planet has, and I am determined to help anybody from any country, any jurisdiction, um, exercise those rights, and I am more motivated than ever to help individuals do this and provide personal counseling, you know, free of charge, like everything else I do. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be talking about all those ideas. I uh, think I have a great show for you. Thanks for being here, and thanks for your patience uh, while I've been away. Um, but I imagine you probably all needed a break from my voice just as much as I needed a break from all the chaos. So uh, welcome back, everyone. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Kingdom of God podcast, and how to live in your sovereign state um, without foreign interference. <laughs> and that's kind of the theme of our show today. So stay tuned. I'll be right back.